Hi there. I'm going to be going in on a call, some training today. Arizona Working Families Party. It starts in a few minutes. On Zoom. So I'm going in. They sent me a link. Preparing the meeting. Volunteer for Tucson. Let's win the general election. Host has joined. We'll let them know you're here. Working families. This is this is an awesome group. Um, they're doing a lot of great stuff. And uh, Reverend Barber. Maybe y'all know Reverend Barber. He's a great activist. Yeah, so I've been calling and trying to reach John Mellencamp and uh, trying, to reach, trying to reach Paul McCartney. I called the Doris Day Animal Fund. And what else? What else is going on? Try to get through to John Mellencamp, exclamation point. Gotta get a message to you. So yeah, I'm recording this training. Here we go. Island join audio.
Friends. Real meeting, no.
rice cake. So that was that working families party. Everybody join the pro-democracy movement near you. Get involved. Do some service. Do some community public service without being punished. Hi there, welcome back. And thank you for 255K, even though they're all my censors at DHS and Pima Sheriff. Fuck you, Teddy, by the way. You're not gonna get away with it, motherfucker. America is sick of them live. Trump and GOP chaos can be defeated with these steps. 6.9k watching on Midas Touch. The results of this, I know people have sent us photos of things, uh, how he would direct his up. And as a result oh, of the chips act of this truly deranged code size to build condos happening um you Come know at first on, it was talk. in the background but i think we're starting to see the tangible results of this i know people have sent donald trump went to south dakota and gave a speech where he bragged about wanting to build condos with north korean dictator kim jong-un trump also bloviated how he would direct his attorney general if elected to arrest his political enemies and how he could have sold his properties for a lot of money to the saudis while in office if he wanted to the media then normalized his behavior and did stories about the crowd size and people chanting Trump, Trump, Trump at the event. I kid you not, I'm going to show you the media coverage of this truly deranged event. On September 11th, we remember those who lost their lives on September 11th, 2001, as a result of terrorists who attacked the World Trade Center. Pentagon and who had other targets planned who attacked our nation. We never forget the victims, the heroism of the fallen that day. We never forget the courage of our first responders. And we must never forget the commitment that we made to them and those who sacrificed for our country to take care of them and their families. So as Fox and MAGA Republicans try to politicize 9-11 and today attack President Biden for commemorating the solemn day at an American military base abroad, apparently for MAGA, that's not okay. We must never forget the truth. We must never forget that it was Republicans who voted against the Fairness for 9-11 Families Act. It was Republicans who fist bumped. Just last year, voting against the PACT Act, it was Trump who opposed the 9-11 memorial. It was Trump who lied about housing people at 40 Wall Street. It was Trump who lied and claimed he helped clear the rubble on 9-11. It is people like Republican Marjorie Taylor Greene who call it the so-called plane that hit the Pentagon. We must never forget these truths as well, things that actually happen and are so incredibly dangerous to our country. President Biden, meanwhile, took a five-day international trip attending the G20 conference in India and then going to Vietnam. 
Biden helped accomplish two critical initiatives overseas, ushering an infrastructure project meant to connect India, the Middle East, and Europe with high-speed rail, shipping lines, and energy pipelines, and launching the Global Biofuels Alliance. President Biden has also led America, this has not really been reported in many places, as America has been winning a semiconductor chips battle against China following the passage of the CHIPS Act. Yet, the headlines from legacy media, and almost all media, has been on President Biden going to bed. I'm not sure if you know this. He, he went to bed one of the nights, not taking additional questions during a press conference where he responded to basically every question that was being asked and the media coverage, which is just downright ageism at this point, and it's frankly disgusting. Disgusting. Donald Trump, meanwhile, is out there saying that he is very, very smart, and he put out a challenge to the heads of the Wall Street Journal, to Rupert Murdoch, and to President Biden, challenging them to take the same dementia test, person, woman, man, camera, TV, which one is an elephant, which one is a snake. Challenge Donald Jackass Trump. He's illiterate. College. Take that test, the one that he claims he passed very powerfully before when he was in office. He just issued this challenge. Silence from the media. The media thinks this is normal. It's not. We don't treat it that way. Donald Trump just filed, before we went live, a recusal motion. federal court trying to get rid of federal judge Tanya Chutkin, the federal judge presiding over the Washington, D.C. federal case prosecuted by special counsel Jack Smith. This is the case involving Trump's attempt to overthrow the results of the 2020 election. Take the IQ test. Diaper Donalds, take the IQ test.
filed this recusal request two weeks after Judge Chutkin set a trial date for March 4th, 2024. And it's been over a month since the indictment was issued by a D.C. grand jury. Finally, Congress has returned from recess. And what is the first thing that MAGA Republicans do? Well, call for impeachment of President Biden and also Marjorie Taylor Greene calling for secession. She just made a post straight up calling for secession. It's wrong. It's despicable. We got to call it out. I'm Ben Micellis from the Minus Touch podcast, joined by Brett and Jordy Micellis. Brothers, how are you doing today? What's up, Ben? What's up, Jordy? Always good to be here with the Midas Mighty. Uh, Yeah, I mean, what a solemn day. Uh, It's so wild. You know, the emotions still feel so raw every September 11th to me. It it, it both feels like a long time ago, but at the same time feels like yesterday, even though it was more than two decades ago. And I still, it's one of those moments in history that I think everybody knows kind of exactly where they were at the time that it happened. I recall being in middle school and our school strategy. And at the time, I, I was certainly honestly pretty angry about it. But it, it, when I reflect back, I truthfully don't know what I would have done if I was in charge of the school. But they really didn't tell us totally what happened. They told us that there was an incident at the World Trade Center. They didn't want to get everybody concerned. So I remember going home from school that day and mom picking us up and seeing Jordy um, at, at home and us joking around and having fun. And then our mom filled us in on exactly what was going on. Our, our dad was working in New York City on the day and called us to inform us that he was okay and that he was safe. Um, and, and sadly for some of my classmates, we live in New York, that was not the case. And I remember watching those harrowing images on TV of the planes hitting the towers over and over again and it actually sinking into me, um, you know, what had just happened. And I, I don't think we could have fully predicted what would have unfolded from there. Um, But I I remember at that time, a lot of unity in the country, like we had never seen, you know, a lot of pride in being an American, a lot of coming together, whether you were Democrat or The country is still in denial. Exclamation point.
Republican or independent. It didn't quite matter. At the same time, I also remember how that unity was exploited, exploited for xenophobia to attack people who appeared as the other uh, Americans who appeared to be Muslim, Americans who were Muslim, um, getting attacked and the viciousness and the wars that we were led into and the path that we ended up taking, how our leaders so weaponized that goodwill of the American people and, and, and brought us to a path that, in my opinion, I think ultimately led us to Donald Trump and this conspiratorial amount of rubble on a boat to China that afternoon. Controlled the Republican Party uh, that we have today. So I think we are still feeling the effects of this day. Um, it is, of course, meaningful to all Americans, I think especially meaningful to us, um, being pretty close to New York City and, and knowing a lot of people um, involved, knowing uh, people who were first responders that day. And, and I, I just can't spend enough time, you know, sharing my love um, with everybody who was impacted on, on September 11th. And Brent, I just want to give an extra shout out to you too. You wrote an excellent piece today for the for the website um, that recapped really how Republicans, you know, twisted that American that America, you know, morale at the time. You know, the coming together, the camaraderie, and how they used it and weaponized it uh, against everyone. Um, so excellent piece, Nick, bro. And just like you say, like yesterday, every time we get to this date on the calendar, I mean, instantly you bring back exactly where you were on that date. I bet it's like that for so many of our. For oil. Strategy. Position. Watchers and listeners out there. Um, un Unfreaking believable that it's been so long, but I'm, I'm, I'm excited to do tonight's show. And Ben, great intro as always, big bro. Thanks, Jay. Brett, were you in middle school at the time? I think I was in 11th grade at the time. You were in middle school, right? Yeah, I was in middle school at the time. And so what would that make? If you were in 11th grade, that would put I, me... I, I, I got the ages right here because I was doing it in my head during the intro. Brett, you were 10 or 11. I was 8. And then uh, Ben was 16. Because I remember very vividly where I was, Brett. And my experience was, I think, slightly different than yours. I remember I was in italian class which was like my first or second period class when we started hearing about it and the way they did it at high school and again for everybody watching we all live fairly close to the city and in the town that we grew up in and the neighboring towns our parents many of them work in manhattan um and people work as first responders they work in new york city and so for me one of the things that was happening is 
they would put over the loudspeaker people's names throughout the day. They had the TV on in the library and they showed everybody what was going on. And then they would call out names on the loudspeaker. And so if people got a call out on the loudspeaker, you started to realize that it was probably because one of their parents died on the day and they would call out the names and call out the names. So that was my memory from high school. 911 was, was a modern day Pearl Harbor. Things too, the cell phone towers were also down, so it was hard to get in touch with people. Exclamation point, which was also an inside job. first responders, especially in the neighboring towns to us as well. Um, so, you know, every time, you know, we, we reflect on September 11th, remembering just kind of personally where we were, it always comes back to me in, in, in vivid details. You know, I remember a lot of these things as well. Like, I remember the contrast, you know, at the time between people who how people were talking about it like I, I remember when donald trump used the moment to brag about now having the tallest building in manhattan and comparing that when president biden at the time was the chairman of the senate foreign relations committee right just you go back there we're going to show a lot of videos today of of the present moment right of donald trump today and President Biden today as well, and also the media coverage of them, because the media is being very complicit in furthering, you know, Donald Trump and, and, and fascism here. But play this video, Brett. This is Donald Trump bragging about having the tallest building now, um, and this was uh, right around September 11th. This was on the day. Play this clip. You have one of the landmark buildings down in the financial district, 40 Wall Street. Uh, did you have any damage or did you know what, what's happened down there? Well, it was an amazing phone call. I mean, 40 Wall Street actually was the second tallest building in downtown Manhattan. And, and it was actually before the World Trade Center was the tallest. And then when they built the World Trade Center, it became known as the second tallest. And now it's the tallest. Just think about the language that he used. It was an amazing phone call and then boasting about then having the tallest building. And also notice, though, to the interview, or even back then, calling it a landmark building. It's like those were used back then. Also, it's important to note the fact.
Trump opposed the 9-11 memorial. He lied about housing people at 40 Wall Street. He claimed he helped clear the rubble, claimed he saw Muslims on rooftops in New Jersey cheer. Um, and, and let's just talk about what's going on now, too. This is Marjorie Taylor Greene very recently, you know, saying with respect to the plane that hit the Pentagon, she called it the so-called plane. Here, play this video. But we had witnessed 9-11, right? We had witnessed 9-11, uh, the terrorist attack um, in New York and the plane that uh, crashed in Pennsylvania and the so-called plane that crashed into the Pentagon. It's odd. There's never any evidence shown for a plane in the Pentagon. But anyways, I won't, I'm not going to dive into the 9-11 conspiracy. But you know who does also dive into the 9-11 conspiracy, not just Marjorie Taylor Greene, given a major, major leadership position in the Republican-controlled Congress by the most spineless Speaker of the House in history, Kevin McCarthy, but Donald Trump very recently. Uh, spreading 9-11 conspiracies. Donald Trump continues to brag. We're going to show you a clip in a little bit, like at the South Dakota, South Dakota rally, also recently in his deposition in the New York Attorney General case. Trump brags, look, the Saudis would pay me anything. The Saudis would pay me all the money in the world for any of my properties. It's like a Mona Lisa to them. The Saudis would give me anything. That's how I value my things. Where the Saudis would pay, would pay anything. So one of the things that the Saudi... seized all surveillance footage from the area and then put together Arabian Sovereign Wealth Fund uh, puts money into is a golf tournament called Live. The Live Golf Tournament recently acquired a major stake. Actually, that was a drone that hit the Pentagon. They seized all surveillance footage from the area, put together a hokey film, trying to say a plane crashed into it. Nonsense. In the PGA, which Donald Trump boasted about and said this is great news, um, and lives played golf tournaments at all of Donald Trump's golf courses to enrich Donald Trump. Here's one such example. And when Donald Trump is asked about, you know, this is there's a lot of people who have concerns about this golf tournament because of the Saudis involvement in 9-11. What do you think? And Donald Trump spreads the conspiracy and says, actually, nobody's really gotten to the bottom of 9-11. Play this clip. You're so closely associated with the city of New York. You of all people understand the passion surrounding 9-11. What do you say to those family members who
Trump was paid off by the Saudis to underplay the fact that all the hijackers were Saudi. royalty back Trump was paid off by the Saudis to underplay the fact that all the hijackers were Saudi Bush family were doing business literally with the Saudis remember they sent a plane of Saudi royals back protested earlier this week and we'll be doing so again on Friday. Well, nobody's gotten to the bottom of 9-11, unfortunately, and they should have, as to the maniacs that did that horrible thing to our city, to our country, to the world. So nobody's really been there, but I can tell you that uh, there are a lot of really great people that are out here today, and we're going to have a lot of fun, and we're going to celebrate. We're going to have a lot of fun. We're going to celebrate. People have not gotten to the bottom of it. I mean, just... Prove it wasn't an inside job, you cannot. Okay. Controlled demolition. Okay, Trump was paid off by Saudis to underplay. Fact, hijackers. We're all Saudi. It was an inside job. Drone hit the Pentagon. MT is actually right about right. Fortunately, controlled demolition. Prove it wasn't an inside job. You cannot. Tag people, let's see here, 911. Nothing's coming up for 911. 911 truth, 911 truth. 
truth here. Find one more on truth. Treason. Fucking treason. Fucking treason by the bushes. Truth. It was an inside job. 911 Truth. Betsy or Mess Truth Mama. 911 Truth Canada. 911 Truth. Betsy or Mess Vernon. Vernon! Jacob's Mall. 911 Truth. Truth. Fucking, uh, inside job. Tagging on uh, truthers. Vernon. Vernon. Prove it wasn't an inside job. You cannot.
say 911 truth. 911 truth. Try to prove. Okay, so that's my little 911 um, thing. You guys Think about that? that language. Yeah, hello, darlings. Which okay. I say this time and time again on the show. There was a time where it would be disqualifying if a person seeking major political office spelled potato wrong. If you shout it the wrong way. The modern-day MAGA Republican has no depths of depravity where they just even say things like this about 9-11. And this isn't like, oh, man, you're just being a liberal. This is a progressive. No, this is just, I'm just showing you what they're saying. And I'm saying I'm not okay with the things that Marjorie Taylor Greene and Donald Trump has said. It's not a liberal or progressive. I'm just saying I'm not okay with that. And that even a few years ago, that wouldn't be exactly a, considered a liberal position to say something like that. I mean, it's it's gotten so extreme. We speak often on this show about the Overton window being pushed further and further to the right. And that's what's happened where we are having a media that is normalizing these sorts of statements and goes, oh, that's just Trump being Trump again. Oh, look, he's so, so wacky, that guy. And then Biden, at, at, it's past 10 p.m. in uh, Vietnam. And he goes, all right, I'm going to bed. And they go, Biden's going to sleep at night? What? Let's fire up the think pieces right now. It's like, yo, you have a guy. You have a guy who is literally literally ruled by a judge to be a rapist okay you have a guy who got up on stage and said that he wants to terminate the constitution that he wants to sick the department of justice on his political enemies and you're running with president biden wanted to go to sleep at night after a long trip overseas it is the most insane media coverage i have ever seen and we're going to dig deep into all of that but what this MAGA movement really right now has become is it's become a vacuum for all the worst in us it's become a vacuum for the worst in the united states of america so in order to be on team MAGA, in order to be accepted by this deranged cult you have to embrace these deranged conspiracy theories so we even see these other candidates that are MAGA friendly candidates who are kind of just there in a lot of ways to boost trump to try to buddy up with trump for positions in his administration or vps i'm talking about here the vivek ramaswamy who 
he made a comment recently. He was speaking with the reporter, and he said, quote, I think it is legitimate to say how many police, how many federal agents were on the plane that hit the Twin Towers. Maybe the answer is zero. It's probably zero for all I know, right? I have no reason to think it was anything else, but we must do a comprehensive assessment of what happened on 9-11, and that should absolutely be an answer the public knows the answer to. So you have Ramaswamy just asking questions, just asking questions. Maybe the feds were behind 9-11, and he gets praised by MAGA for that. He gets welcomed in. His poll numbers go up in this new Republican Party when he says stuff like that. And of course, the first time he's caught with it, what does he do? He goes, I never said that. I, I, I never said such a thing. And then the reporter goes, I have the tape of you saying it, and releases the tape. And then he has to like double down on it, and then he goes, oh, of course I said that, but I was just saying we need an investigation. I was just asking questions. The consistency of their answers doesn't even matter, uh, but they just spew this conspiratorial nonsense and then double down with more lies, more fabrications, and that's what this movement thrives on, disinformation and lies. And the first instinct, Brett, your point is lying. Like the Ramaswamy clip is is the perfect example of that lie. And then when I get back to the to the corner with truth and facts, trying to figure out more ways to lie, even staring in the face of evidence. I mean, we've seen Trump do it in the last six, but we've seen Trump do it forever. It's unbelievable. And Jordy, one of the things I spoke about in the article that I, you know that you referenced earlier, I wrote an article on, on MidasTouch.com, kind of speaking about how we went from 9/11 to Trump. And I think a lot of the distrust back then that was sowed by Republicans to get us into war, to pass these horrific bills that infringed on the rights of Americans. I think a lot of these lies when we went into Iraq, when millions of people died overseas, when we did horrific, horrific things, when all of that happened and then it turned out all the reasons that our so-called leaders told us were complete BS, complete lies, I think there was a lot of distrust towards the federal government, towards our institutions, and people were like, I don't trust these people at all. They lied on such a large scale. They got us in all of these wars. They passed all of these bills. I don't know what to trust about it. They said Iraq was behind 9-11. That wasn't true. What else are they lying about? And this distrust fomented, and it grew, and it grew, and it grew. And it led to people like Donald Trump being able to come out and say, you know what, everything everyone else is telling you, all the official narratives, they're all lies. They're all BS. You know who's telling the truth? Me. Me. And people bought it. And that's one of the reasons why we got Donald Trump, because they preferred to take his lies over those original lies. But the answer to lies and fabrications isn't more lies and fabrications, it's the truth. And we need to be absolutely clear about what is the truth, what are the lies, and I think that's part of all of our jobs here, everyone who listens to this show, to call it out. There are objective facts, there are actual things in black and white that we can call out and say, this is right, this is wrong, and it's about time that everybody started to do that. Well, we need large media. I mean, I guess we don't need large media to do it anymore. I mean, they've just tapped out, you know, and it's allowed networks like this that report on objective truths. And they can come in, these large media networks, and go, oh, by saying all these things about Donald Trump, these people, they're hyper-partisan political leftists. I mean, they, they can do this. They can do the name-calling. But the community of people who follow us know that the most important 
important thing in this community is going through the documents, is going through the videos. Like when we started creating videos on Midas Touch, we would just show the videos of like that's how we got our start. We didn't use narrators because we couldn't afford narrators. Like, we, so, <laughs> so, so all we would do is say, here's what he's saying. Here's what he said before, and then you put them together. Here's what she's saying. Here's what they're saying. Put the videos of them together and just say, these are their words. And people are like, well, you just took a snippet. It's like, I took the main thing that you said, okay? You know, it's a two-minute ad. I'm happy to show you the longer format, which is what we do now as a news network. Okay, I'll, sh I'll show you a longer portion of it. But all we're doing here is like, this is what this person said. What do you think about that? This is what this person, what, what do you think about that? Speaking of which, though, I just want to show for comparison what Biden was saying on 9-11 in real time and the type of leadership he was showing then as the chairman of the Senate Foreign Relations Committee. Here, let's play this call. The tendency in these circumstances is to be too focused on one man, one idea, one prospect. I think that we should be calm. Those of us who hold high public office, just calm down a little bit, collect our thoughts, collect the information, and in a methodical way, analyze what we know happened and what we can derive from that. I think it's much too early for us to make those kinds of judgments. The first thing is what the president is doing. He called for calm. He's getting in the airplane. He's coming back to Washington, D.C., and I applaud him for that. And we should be back up and running as quickly as we can. Uh, and I think we should do that. This cannot be dealt with overnight. It's an incredible tragedy. But it's the new threat of the 21st century that we are now facing. And we're going to find a way to deal with it. This nation is too big, too strong, too united, too, too much a, a power in terms of our cohesion and our values to let this break us apart. And it won't happen. It won't happen. Now think about the contrast between the video we showed you earlier of Donald Trump saying he had an amazing phone call and now he's got the tallest building in Manhattan as a result of 9-11. Okay. Compare that to President Biden right there calling for calm, calling for patience, calling for national unity. And and by the way, reminded me a little bit, you, you said this in our in our side chat, Brett, looked a lot like Gavin Newsom there as well in both language and, and, and conduct right there. <laughs> I mean, that, that's the, the resemblance is fairly kind of un, you know it was kind of uncanny there okay so i think it's important that we set that foundation though right because you have two people though who are telling us who they are back then right and let's kind of fast forward now and let's bring us to the present moment to 2023 in the past few days what's going on what's donald trump doing what's president biden doing well donald trump is in south dakota and he's giving a speech there um, and i want to show you just some of the low lights of this speech that he gave in south dakota and then i want to read for you how the local media which is run by big business and big big corporations, but still local, but how they're covering. I could show you a bunch of other coverage. Trust me, it's consistent with the exact one I'm showing you. I'm not going to spend the whole day going through lots of other coverage. But here's what Donald Trump was doing at the rally. So in this clip, he's saying how he told Kim Jong-un to build condos on North Korea's beautiful shoreline. Play this I went over there. You remember that? It was a very historic moment. Thank you. 
Kim Jong-un, you know, being a realistic guy, is just sort of natural. I said, you have the most beautiful shoreline. Think of it. You're between China, Russia, and South Korea. Look at the beautiful shore. You could have the most beautiful condos that you've ever seen and become rich as hell. You don't have to live like you're living. But he's a tough guy. He's a smart guy. And uh, he just loves collecting nuclear weapons. That's what he does. He collects nuclear weapons. And, and uh, we got along incredibly well once we met and once we started the whole thing. And we saved the Olympics in South Korea because nobody was going. Nobody wanted to be blown out of the stadium. And we came along. They actually participated in the Olympics. We had a great, we had a great relationship, and it would have been great if we would have had a deal done long ago if yeah, well, the election weren't rigged. I mean, then you have the audience there cheering him on as he's talking about Did you have North stuff? Korea and and the dictator. Like, it's it's really a crazy event. Yeah. Here is Donald Trump saying he could have made a lot of money from the Saudis if you want to do well in office. Play this clip. Because I'm working for you, I'm not working for me. That I can tell you. Uh, I could have made so much. I could have made... Sir, we'd love to do a deal in Saudi Arabia. Sir, we'd love to do a deal here and there. We'd love to do a deal. I really can't do that. I'm president. Biden would do it. So we just, uh, we did it right. We did the right thing. And I do it exactly that way again. I will do it way that way again. Look, we have a very short period of time. I mean, who even talks like that? I could have made so much. I could have made so much. Like, what is that, right? As I say, like, setting aside for the fact that we're all of the crimes he's been charged with that we know that he's committed and setting aside put that aside for a second when you watch that it's like what the what the heck is that how, like, how are you watching that be like you know what the guy that's talking like like a crazy person that probably needs some help to be able to move somewhere I, I, how are you hi that's the dude i stand behind what what i didn't see those clips prior to the show that was banana land <laughs> well, i got another one i got another one for you this is trump calling on republicans to defund the prosecutors investigating him play this clip we can't have that i hope that's why steve and his friends because he's got some great ones over there but i hope the senate gets tough because the house has been the house has been working hard but the senate under this guy mitch mcconnell has been a disaster they should immediately defund the DOJ and prosecutors who are trying to take conservatives and Republicans out of political races through indictments and other illegal means. That's what they're doing. You know, if I was in third or fourth place, or if I wasn't running, I'd be living the life of rally. I wouldn't be here with you tonight. I'd be living the life. I wouldn't be with you, schmuckos. I wouldn't be with you, Insulting <laughs> them yeah. to their faces. Yeah. He does that often, right? He, he often insults the audience. So what he's just talking about, Mitch McConnell running the Senate. Mitch McConnell doesn't run the Senate. The Democrats control the Senate. I don't even know, like, I don't even know what he's talking about. For, for you know, for a party that constantly is uh, going on and on about Biden's age and mental acuity, Donald Trump says things that truly make you question his mental acuity 
all of the time, and yeah. Trump is just as old as Biden, basically. It's like a few years difference. It's not really that much of a difference here. And the things Biden, and the things that Trump says, he's either uh, mentally incompetent or, uh, or, or lying. Okay, I'll, I'll give you two, those two options. So Republicans can decide which one he's doing um, on a on a play by play basis, but it's either one of those two because he doesn't seem to understand basic facts or how things. Subpoena? I never heard of the word subpoena. Indictment? What's an indictment? Like, it's like the weird. It's the weirdest dumbest shtick on the planet. And they're like, yeah, he doesn't know what that word means. Great job. In, in addition to calling for defunding the FBI and the DOJ in that clip and calling for Republicans to help him out, like all things that are just completely violative of our Constitution. He then goes to the audience and calls them schmucks. And I went, it would be you filthy schmucks. And then they all... And then they all, and they all go, yeah, and, and 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 that's why that's why again I go I go we're all we're all watching the same like, we're all seeing that and again we're I remember him doing that during the 2016 campaign during the 2020 campaign when he was like oh I'm in Alabama again Ugh, you know I wouldn't be here if I weren't running for president but here I am I'm like what is this? who says that show you the this one, Trump then calls to prosecute his political enemies. He says that he will have his AG prosecute his political enemies for anything. He doesn't care what, if he gets back into office. And then just watch, even though the speech, like, as he's talking, and they, like, it just, you'll see as he goes like that. And, and, it, and, and, and again, it's just not normal behavior. Just watch what he does here. Biggest fear that everybody has. Our momentum is unprecedented and hopefully unstoppable, and that's the reason that Joe Biden's ordered his leading opponent arrested on 91 fake and phony charges. Sir, the so-called crime. How many charges are they? But we're going to ask for dismissals of a lot of it. Lots of it is just, you ask for dismissal. It's called dismiss the charges. But remember, it's a, it's a Democrat charging his opponent. Nobody's ever seen anything like it. That means that if I win and somebody wants to run against me, I call my attorney general. I say, listen, indict him. Well, he hasn't done anything wrong that we know. I don't know. Indict him on income tax evasion. You'll figure it out. And, you know, the good thing with me is I have a big voice and people know me. And you know me for a long time. But people know me and I'm able to speak. But if you're a regular politician, a really good politician, an honest politician, and you get indicted, you get a subpoena, and that gets reported in the paper and the news, you have to leave office. And the Republicans in the Senate and the Republicans in the House cannot let this go on because people are being destroyed. Lives are being destroyed by these sick lunatics in Washington. I mean, you see, there's like again nothing normal about that. And then some someone else pointed out in the chat. They go, "Did you see when the crowd chanted when he says that Kim Jong Un collects nukes?" Yeah, that's the MAGA crowd was erupting in applause when Donald Trump said that Kim Jong Un collects nuclear weapons. That is the MAGA face. Let me call something else out. From Fucking clap at anything. Just now. And that is that Trump there. says 
Hello, darling. Shout out to KAMP Student Radio at the University of Baridgetona. And KPYT, pass me your key. Travel with you, travel with you, travel radio. All the rest were just a show. Travel with you, travel with you, travel During that statement, he says, if I win, my opponent, I will tell the AG then to prosecute them. If he wins, that would theoretically, and God forbid, if he wins, that would be his second term in office. That would be his final term in office. He would not be running against anybody in the future. But you also have Trump kind of subtly there telegraphing that if he gets into power, he does not intend to leave office. Mm. And I think we need to pick up on his language there of what he intends to do, the same way that a Vladimir Putin has elections and they he wins by 97% every time, right? That's the same thing that Trump Trump is clearly plotting right here on stage, live in South Dakota, and the people are cheering for it. Show you this next clip, Jay, because you haven't seen some of these. This is Donald. This is Donald Trump whining in front of the crowd, saying that he is the only president to lose money in office again, which is one he didn't lose money in office. He made a huge amount of money with all of the foreign influence getting poured into his various hotels and properties in order to basically bribe him. It's it's also simply just not true that I mean there are other presidents, mostly all of the other ones, don't actually enrich themselves at all. They they put their tax returns to the public. And mm-hmm. anyway, he, 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 here's Donald Trump whining that he lost money while in office to this crowd, like as though as though like this is an issue like that, that like human beings should care about. But MAGA, they feel bad for the billionaire who grips off of them. Play this clip. Uh, an evening of firsts, but something which uh, I proudly state that I'm the only president that ever lost money while serving in office and I knew that would happen. I didn't know it was going to be that much. That's a lot. I lost a number of billions. But I knew it was part of the game and that's what I intended. I didn't intend. I could have made a fortune. Oh, I could have gone to these countries and made deals. You know, I put things in trust. I said, my kids are going to run it. I said, don't do deals outside of the country. Don't do this. Don't they were going, Dad, can we do something? They said, no, you know, I'm president. We have a higher standard. And then I come out and I watch this Biden stuff with, they go to make deals with countries that it's just the craziest thing I've ever seen. Right. It's all, sorry. No, you go. I was going to say, it's all—it's obviously all deflection, and he is trying to condition his audience to think that everybody else out there are the one doing the things that he's actually doing. His family made so much money from the office. Jared Kushner, in particular, left that job and cashed a $2 billion check from the Saudis. So I don't even want to hear it. And that's not even getting into all the investigations to how Trump ran his hotel in D.C. And let's not forget that just recently a deposition 
deposition was released with Trump and the attorney general's office, where he said under oath that the value of the Trump brand increased while he was president. That was one of his excuses he made for overvaluing his properties. He was talking about the Trump brand and how the Trump brand is now hotter than ever. And he could sell all those buildings right now for um, as much money as he wants to the Saudis because the Trump name is so hot. So that's what he said under oath recently. And Ben, I'll let you add to it. He goes, I lost many billions. Again, one of the whole things that the many billions. It just made the whole thing that the New York attorney general is suing for is that he just throws that around billion here, billion there. He just makes up fake and fraudulent valuations all the time. And then at the end, he's kind of just, again, making sounds. It's not, he just, it's not even a sentence that he says at the end. Uh, I went to my kid, I'm like, I mean, if you, if you watch that again, I told my kid, you put it in a trust. I'm like, I don't, there's, you're not even putting together a set. You're just, again, making noises at this point. But I'll throw it to you, but I, I, I want to mention one thing from Popak did an incredible hot take on this this morning. I hope everybody watched it. So this New York Attorney General case, which is scheduled to go to trial October 2nd, lots of people think there's going to be a jury trial. And there should be a jury trial, but there's not going to be a jury trial. You know why? Because Donald Trump's lawyer, Alina Haba, forgot to post the fees and give the notice to request a jury. In New York, within 15 days of a lawsuit, you have to make a jury demand. And the New York Attorney General did not make a jury demand. So Donald Trump accidentally, which in my opinion could be legal malpractice, waived the jury trial. And that's why it's going to go in front of Judge Arthur and Goron. A lot of people forgot that fact. And Goron's already made findings before that Donald Trump has has engaged in the underlying conduct. And it's going to be the judge, not a jury, because Alina Haba screwed it up. Also, just the most incompetent people also. Sorry, I wanted to mention that. No, no, no. Uh, so, sh- sh- should we talk about how the media covered this rally now? Uh, one one second, yes. But first, let's just show, because I want to do all of it. So let's just also show when Trump went to this Iowa-Iowa State game. Look, there. to be fair, there were people who clapped for him at this event. Okay, It's Iowa. It's a state that he won. And... The places Donald Trump goes to are often very carefully choreographed as well, so he can get cheers and applause. But he was also booed. Here are the photos of him getting the middle finger as well. And these are just photos of things that objectively, like, occurred. (laughs) He was there. People in the crowd went up to the glass wall and gave him the middle finger. A lot of people gave him the middle finger, and there were people who cheered for him. But he showed up to a state that he thought he was going to be beloved, and I would call it at best... A mixed, a mixed reaction, and at you know, and at worst for him, it was a pretty humiliating experience. I think that's a fair and objective way to describe that <laughs> the sky is blue as the sky is blue of, of, of what went down. And play this video clip of Donald Trump being um, booed largely. But again, there are some claps. Play this clip. This video clip of Donald Trump. <laughs> This video clip of Donald Trump being um, booed largely, but again, there are some claps. Play this clip.
So that what you saw the photos. I think they were saying Bruce. Seven Eleven always open. So, yeah, thanks for tuning in and uh thanks for 255k y'all come back now you hear